Ciao ragazzi, my name is Anthony. Welcome along to Football Worldwide. It's been a minute since I've gathered with friends from Down Under, but I'm really excited to have a nice, casual, headed conversation with three gentlemen. First of all, starting with my friend Adam from Melbourne. How you doing, my friend? Good, man. It's um, I've been hanging out for this all day, actually. It's good to it's good to be back after a couple of weeks hiatus. So uh, looking forward to getting stuck into the weekend's round. Absolutely, man. I'm joined by my friend Anthony as well. How you doing, my friend? I love that shirt, bro. It's really good. It could be different <laughs> colors, but overall, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's good to support the boys that are doing some good work down here. But um, yeah, good to be back after a few weeks. I thought Adam was going to say, "Can't wait to get stuck into me," but I'm sure that will come later in the show. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> And uh, Armando, the only thing more impressive than your moustache is Napoli's form at the top of the um, Classifica, man. So it's really good to have you as well. Nice to be back. Like Adam said, uh, we did not appreciate you don't calling us in the last two episodes. So we, really, <laughs> we were really going to open up our channel and called Worldwide 2.0. No, jokes aside, it's a pleasure to be back. I'd be your first subscriber, my friend. Let's jump right into it, man, because we've got we've got another match day starting tomorrow morning. Can you believe it? My friend messaged me this morning and he goes, you think Inter can back it up against Spezia on, um, on Thursday morning? I'm like, Jesus Christ, Thursday morning. That means there's games tomorrow on Wednesday. But for tonight, we'll focus on match day 14. Uh, Cagliari and Salernitana play out a ball uh, draw in which the away team probably feels like they've got more. Sampdoria got their second on the bounce against Verona. Empoli are showing that they are the surprise package of the season so far. We will definitely touch on that next result. Um, Juventus 0, Atalanta 1. Uh, my boys went to Hipster FC, uh, Gondola FC, and got three points there. It was awesome. Indonesia and Genoa played out a ball draw. Milan slipped up against Sassuolo. Anthony will take us through that. Tiago Motta, Spezia could not get anything against Bologna, whereas Adams, Lads and Jose got a win over Juric and Torino. But the most impressive fixture of the match day goes to Napoli and Spalletti with um, an injury-ridden side overcoming Lazio 4-0. And that's where we're going to start this amazing, amazing roundtable with the amazing Armando. But I'm sorry, Armando, the more amazing Trias Mertens. My goodness, I'm 29 years old. When I tell people in the next generation, name some players that you thought were the best in Serie A. This guy's right up there for me. In my life, Trias Mertens, he's unbelievable. You know what's funny? A um, few months ago, I was chatting with a lot of Napoli fans. Oh, Aussie man needs to go do the Africa Cup. Oh, this guy. And I'm kidding, guys, we got Mertens. Aussie man's supposed to be the bench player for Mertens. People have short memory. They forgot what this kid did in the last five, six years for Napoli. This guy, is, it's a gun. And he loves the shirts. I rate him more than Insigne. To mm. me, he's more Napoletano than any Napoletano in the Napoli team right now. He loves the club. Did you see what he did after he scored the second goal? He goes, I'm here. It's still me. I'm still in charge here. So I'm not surprised. He was coming from an injury. And, you know, when you come back from an injury, you've been off three or four months. You need to play three or four games before you're kicking in. That's all. Uh, um, uh, his first goal was magical. And it was magical in all aspects because if you watch Napoli uh, screen, it says DM, one nil, goal, 10 minutes. So 10M. So it sounds like he scored for Maradona on the Maradona night. Uh, his second goal is such a Mertens goal, like we guys said. It's <laughs> something untouchable. But it's not just the goal that he does. He's been unstoppable against Lazio because, see, what happened is with Oziman, we pull in and we put the ball into space to launch Oziman. So defense, they try to hold, don't give us space. With Mertens, it's the other way around. Mertens was dropping in between the lines, 
and pulling off the center back. But the genius of Spalletti, he told Mertens to run to the opposite center back and then cut in. So when you are on the opposite center back with the ball come and you run in, you create confusion because if the opposite center backs come with you, you leave a huge channel behind you for Zeliski to come in or for Fabian to come in for the other one. If that guy doesn't come with you, Mertens is always free. And the other centre-back will never go to pick up Mertens because it's not his man. He comes across. And by the time he moves, it's too late. So the tactical decision from uh, Spalletti was a masterpiece. It just killed, uh, killed uh, Sarri. And plus, we had, I think, uh, there was a, a time where we had over 30-plus passes and over 10 minutes of Ole. I don't think Lazio touched the ball for 10 minutes. It's like a, unbelievable. And all this in the first 30 minutes. And then we just put the, the break and it was like training mode, passing the ball, passing the ball, rest for next game. I think too many people saw Napoli losing against Inter and saw the injuries coming on board, like Angisa, like uh, Ozyman, and they start saying that Napoli has gone to crumble. I like what Spalletti did in UEFA Cup because we're still on top of the, of the group. He took the risk to rest three players. We didn't manage it to win, but even that game and even the game against Inter, if you watch those two games, Napoli ends up the game on top. So it's not, it's we are not on on bad form or anything. It's happening, guys. You know, you, you can't come from 13 consecutive victory and expect them never to lose. We lost a Milan against Inter. A great game to watch. It means nothing. We're back in business. Absolutely. Now, man. The only thing that us Napoli fans should worry about right now is the distance between Napoli and the fifth place. Yeah. Napoli and the fifth place. We don't need to fly because it's a long way to go. March comes, we, we're still there on top, and then we start talking about Scudetto. Uh, before we go, and before, guys, I'll let you ask question. I want to just to tell everybody that if you haven't watched the party they did for Maradona, the contribution, the statue before this game, go have a look because... Uh, it was a, a magical moment. It's a beautiful poesia that was written by um, Di Giacomo and written by a speaker at the stadio. And it was a really magical moment. The whole night was a magical night. Open yeah. to questions, guys. Absolutely. I'm going to go over to Adam for the first question. As you see, um, Mertens scoring that amazing second goal over Pepe Reina, who might as well start looking forward for a transfer to Cesena or Ascoli. He's that bad of a goalkeeper, to be honest. Adam, do you want to um, jump in and talk about this picture or any comments yeah. for Amo? I just had two points. Armando, uh, just a quick question about the statue, a beautiful statue. But is am I right in saying that there's one inside the stadium and there's another one outside the yes. stadium? So what they did, okay. that the Comune di Napoli put one outside the stadium, outside the Distinti. And by Napoli, this month, launched the Maradona month, which every game was a different T-shirt. This one against Lazio is the last one of the collection. And if you notice, all the previous one had a dark blue, dark red or gold. This one resembled just the Argentina and Napoli color. It was everything oh, yeah. was planned. Uh, the yeah. other beautiful things, every single dollar profit from this sale, because a lot of people, especially some of the Napoli fans, because we have a slice of Napoli fans that wherever the club does, wherever De Laurenti does, they have to criticize. Napoli is on top of the ladder. Napoli's got Green Book. Napoli is very wealthy. Napoli's got some of the best squad in Serie A. They still have to find something to crucify him. And it was like, oh, you're making money on Maradona. No, every single dollar profit from the shirts is going to give in charity. Then mm -hmm. inside the stadium, there is the Napoli statue. Napoli did a statue for Maradona. So it's beautiful. You got one at the entrance of the players. So as they walk in, they got this beautiful statue of Maradona in the running shape on top of number 10. And then you got a beautiful statue outside the stadium because it's called Stadio Maradona. So it's quite cool. 
beautiful. And just the other point, Armando, just um, on on Mertens, I'm always in, I'm always intrigued by when uh, a foreigner um, is at a club, an Italian club, and there's that uh, attaccamento la maglia, that uh, real, you know, um, he's, a, he's a fan's favourite. I guess the last one for us in comparison is probably Raja Nangolan at Roma, uh, where the fans just absolutely adored him because he had that um, attachment to, to the shirt um, and was a club hero for, for those years. With Mertens, oh, I'm interested in um, his nickname, Chiro, and I just yes. wanted to—I wanted you to explain why that is, because I, I read recently that his 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 partner's about to give birth uh, yes. to their son, and he's going to name him Chiro, which yes. I think is brilliant, um, and it ties Listen. in so well to 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 the Napoli fans. But what? How do you how do you, how do you get that? Nickname? It's a funny story. Actually, Mertens came out—I uh, don't know how long ago—and explain why Mertens leave Napoli. 100%. Merton goes out, go to the cinema, go to the bowling, go to the pubs. You can see video of Mertens playing on the street with kids. He doesn't leave Napoli. So apparently he used to go to the bowling and the guy used to put the name on the screen. So he doesn't get recognized. He used to call him Chiro Mer Ma Martinez. <laughs> Chiro Martinez, but it did not work. It's not the name. It's the play. So end up to be Chiro, Chiro Martinez, Chiro, Chiro. Now that's his nickname, Chiro. Oh, brilliant. I love it. Good stuff. All right, we're going to move on, guys. Before I move on to Anthony Milan, I just wanted to make a comment. We've said it every single game. The doctor inconsistencies this season. I think all of us are starting to believe that Maurizio Sarri's patience might actually end up running out at the end of all this. They don't look like they have the identity to stay consistent. But, you know, I guess we'll see what happens with this side. And we'll talk about them a little bit more as the podcast rolls around in the next few weeks. Um, Anthony. Not a great week for you guys. Um, you know, losing to Fiorentina in Florence, not a horrible result. You know, just like Armour said for him against Inter, your streak had to end eventually. But I don't think anybody wanted to see you guys go down to Sassuolo at home. You could take us through it while the guy pointing at his ear starts to also point to the fact that he might need to be called up for the national team as well. Yep, terrible week. Well, it was sort of a terrible week because if you, if you think about the heights in midweek and what we did after such a complete and structured performance against Atletico Madrid, I don't understand how we could be so unbalanced against Sassuolo. So you guys would have watched the game against Madrid. Very, very strong, very structured, very composed. We didn't give a lot away. Um, defensively, pretty much nothing. I know they're not the most attacking team in the world, Atletico, but we were very strong. Then you look at the game against Sassuolo, I wasn't sure what was going on. We started strong, a lot of early chances that looked good, you know, and then we get the early goal through um, Romagnoli, and you think when we're 1-0 up, we'll close, close the game off, probably get a second, do the job, and it's over. Um, but it, it sort of fell apart after that. I just want to point out, and, I, and I, I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that first goal came from Amor's mate, Bakayoko. So you can have him back as soon as you can. Because hey, don't we say, don't want him at don't Milan. I did not warn you guys. That, mm. Can we take the VHS... When we tape the first episode, where I talk about uh, Bakayoko, I've never been a fan. Can we get the I've tape and put the recorder and watch it again, please? <laughs> <laughs> what about the jogging back, Anth? He jogged back. He didn't even sprint back. We all uh, he, he's, look, and you know what the thing is? We've conceded, I think, five goals now from our defensive midfielder getting caught on the ball in that position or a bad pass. Like, Bakayoko was a bad pass. But you remember um, Benesse got caught against Porto in the Champions yeah. League? They scored. Uh, Kessie got caught against Inter, your boys, Anth. Kessie got, got caught again in this game as well for the he third goal. Again. Yeah, he's Correct. the one that got dispossessed. Correct, for the third goal. Theo Hernandez got um, uh, caught against Fiorentina last week on the ball bang goal. And now Bakayoko with the... So how many times can we get caught 
outside our own box dribbling or with a misplaced pass before we learn. I know, you know, it, it's it's just frustrating as a supporter because you think, bloody hell, like sometimes you've just got to get the ball out of there. Um, we keep getting yeah. called, we keep copping goals. Um, but, you know, um, let's take nothing away from Skamaka's finish, yeah? What a finish from um, once he got the ball. And even Berardi making a full out of Romagnoli. Um, but we, we've got to stop conceding these goals. That's five and counting. Pioli has to fix this. Um, I think it just highlights how much we miss Calabria and Tomori. Um, you know, we've caught seven goals in two games. You can't win a Scudetto when you are conceding goals like that. Um, yeah, we're solid against Atletico, but they're not an attacking team. As soon as we come against some teams that attack us, um, you know, we're copying goals there for instance. I think Kalulu needs to play instead of Florenzi. Um, I think he's a very, very good young player, a lot more solid. Um, and Tomori has to come back in because without him, um, we really look weak in the centre. And Theo, um, each game, you know, he's got to improve defensively. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Adam's just yeah. waiting to pop off. But, Ant, I'll jump in. I'll, I'll, I'll be a little more civil about it. You guys might as well just buy Berardi, man, honestly, just for these two fixtures, bro. I think it's 10 goals in, what, six or seven games now? It's 15 games. I looked it up today. Oh, 15 games, yeah. 10 yeah. goals and four assists. So, buddy, purchase him so he can't ruin us. We lost against Sassuolo last year at home too, yeah? So, this is twice in a row now that we've lost at home to Sassuolo. But, you know, I give him credit. Um we, I think Armour and a few of us, we, we'd ridden Sassuolo off a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and then they've gone away to Juve and won. They've gone away to Milan and won. So it looks like they're slowly finding their feet under Dionisi, you know, so good on them. Um, Let's hope you're wrong, huh? because we're going to face Sassuolo next. So I hope you're wrong. Yeah, where, where? In Napoli or Sassuolo? Hopefully uh, over it's there, away because they do well. Okay. Um, they look like they're stronger away. But um, look, Pioli's got to show his quality now. He's, um, you know, he's signed the contract. Yeah, pressure's on now. Yeah, he's got he's got what he wanted an extension. We go away to Sheva tomorrow. Um, yeah. he can't do us any favors. Look where they are on the ladder. Yeah. Um, you know, so nothing less than a win's acceptable, or, or our season can derail in in a couple of weeks. Um, with you guys right up our ass now, and it's it's starting to be concerning. Um, look, despite my mate Adam's smirk on his face there, and you know, I can see him hanging out to get stuck into. <laughs> I still got faith. I think. Don't forget, we beat Atalanta away. We should have beat Juve away. We drew with Inter. I still got faith we can win this Scudetto. Um, and I think, you know, Maldini came out today and said in January, no transfers. I don't think he's telling the truth because I think we need to reinforce in a few positions, especially in that centre-back position. He's tried out um, Gabia, didn't work. Um, Romagnoli, <laughs> look at him, you know, is that him there or, you know? <laughs> I, know, I, know I know Amanda's got a question following up this, but I just need to focus in on this because as a Romanista watching that game, nothing pleased me more than seeing this bloke uh, get, get um, shot by a sniper in the crowd and then get a red card. He slipped. So, he slipped. He slipped on the goal. Did he get a red card at the end of the yeah, game? He got a red card. Yeah, yeah. He got a red card. Look, he had he scored a goal. Fell over and got a red card. So it was a weird game for him. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, look, I don't want Bucky Ock in the team anymore, I'll be honest. I think it's affecting Benacer too. So Benacer's a very good player, but his, um, his consistency is starting to drop, I think. Yeah. So, you know, with the rotation. And, you know, Kessie, another one, it's cost us a couple of goals this year. Either sign or in January go so we can focus on, yeah. the, on the boys that want to be there. Ever since he's put pen to paper on that contract, man, he's he's actually legitimately been half of his of his former self, man. He has not been that good at all. Um, exactly. Yeah. Amor, do you have anything to close off the Milan game yeah, for him? Yeah, just quickly one. Now that Romagnoli yes. is suspended, 
Is Tomori going to be back in time? Yes. Because I think he was out injured. Oh, okay. He's back tomorrow, thank God. And when he's ah. in with uh, Simon Kier, they're a different. Yeah. They're different. He's got so much speed. Romagnoli yeah, is so why. slow. Without, without Tomori and Romagnoli, it would have been a trouble. So, oh, right, good mm. for me. Yeah, he's back was just rotation in? Was just rotation, or was it? No, he's oh, been he was injured or qualified. Disqualified. Yeah. No, he's injured. He's been injured. He didn't play in midweek either against Atletico. He was injured. Um, and you know, Romagnoli had a really good game against Atletico, but again, they played for a nil-nil draw. They didn't yeah. really come at us, and that's yeah. the difference. Once, yeah. once we get caught in space, forget it. Romagnoli's got no speed to to catch to catch anyone. So um, that's where Tamori's a beast. So thank God he's back tomorrow. I hope we're not rushing him back because if we lose him for a good, you know, four to five weeks, we've got big problems in defence. Yeah, right. Thanks a lot, Anth. Really appreciate it, mate. Um, we're going to go over to you next, Adam. One nil terrorist style stuff from Jose, man. That's vintage Mourinho, bro. Proper into 2010. She is right there, man. But well done. You ended the game with something like 38% possession, but who cares? You ended with three points. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, I rolled out of bed at about 10 to 4 on Monday morning and um, to watch this one. And I thought I was seeing things when I checked the lineup and saw Diawada's name in on the team sheet. Just yeah, amazed that uh, a player that's been out for so long and sort of cast aside by uh, by Mourinho is then all of a sudden in the starting lineup. It surprised everyone. So, um, just uh, as a side note, the club finally won that battle with uh, with the Liga Culture about uh, playing our anthem right before kickoff. Um, so you know, if we think about you know teams from from overseas, probably Liverpool's probably the main one where you know you never walk alone and that how famous that is. So. Uh, you know, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, it it makes, makes obvious sense to be able to show off uh, the atmosphere to, to the viewers around the world. So what would you, what would you want to I suppress that? that? that Sorry, Sorry? Was I didn't know there was Bennett. I, yeah, well, I also didn't why. know it was Bennett. Can you tell us why? Sorry? Can you tell us why? I also didn't yeah, know it was Bennett. Well, the, the, the previous rule was that, well, in our case, Roma Roma, our anthem, was always played as the players came out of the tunnel. Well, they were, it starts, they used to start when they were still in the tunnel. And yeah. it, finished before, it finished before the uh, players um, shook hands and, and, this, and the Lega anthem started. Um, Mourinho arrived and he's like, you know, why, why, can't we, why can't the players feel that atmosphere before, you know, pre-game as they come out? Um, you know, to, to pump them up. And, and uh, yeah, it took, took a while. It took weeks for us to... So what happened a few weeks ago against... Um, uh, who was it against? The Impoli was um, that the, the fans sung at a cappella. So the, 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 the um, announcer started it off, started the first bar, and then the crowd sung the rest of it just to show the, the federation that it can be done and why can't we do it? So just really trivial things that our federation well does. You think, well done to the Roma fan, Bella. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to not allow it. I'll tell you probably why. Probably they're going to play the stupid song that they call the Lega Serie A National song. Well, they still do it, but we now they play it and then we play the anthem straight after it. So as the captains are shaking hands and doing the toss and then the players have their team photo and by the time they get themselves ready, it's pretty much almost over. So what happened before the game, funnily, funnily enough, is that the players were about to kick off and there was still probably about 30, 40 seconds of the anthem to go. And the ref actually waited. He waited. For, I he love waited this for is football, but I love it. Yeah, yeah. He waited for the anthem to finish and then he blew the whistle to start the game, which was absolutely fantastic. Like if you watch the, the game, it's uh, unbelievable at the start. So and you can actually see that on the um, Roma Facebook page if you're interested in, in, in watching it. But, definitely, definitely, I'll, definitely I'll come and watch after because I, I love this kind of stuff. Yeah, so to the game itself, um, 
changing in, in structure and formation. Went to three at the back, which we did midweek in uh, in the Conference League. But uh, first time we've done it in CDR. And it worked well. Um, Mkhitaryan, um, you know, shifted to the middle of the park. And uh, Zaniola played the, the traditional segunda punta behind behind Tammy. Um, and they yeah, really excelled in those positions. Uh, Zaniola just ran his socks off for, for 90 minutes um, and did a lot of grunt work uh, in between the midfield and attack. Um, and, yeah, probably back to, I wouldn't say back to his best, but, but close enough. Um, scored a really good goal um, nearing the end of that first half. And then... We were awarded a penalty. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. And I'm not going to bang on about VAR again. We won the game, so who cares? But um, if you see the decision for that um, that penalty being overturned, he was offside. His heel was offside by literally a millimetre. But the interesting part is you can't actually see exactly when, when El Shawari plays the ball for the offside. His, his foot's sort of covering the, the ball from that angle. So you think that the benefit of that would go to the attacking team in that instance, considering it was so close. but Whatever, uh, we, it, the, it took five minutes and 40 seconds for that to be overturned. Um, and the free kick was awarded to Torino. But um, second half, and back to your point, Eth, is that, um, yeah, look, it was a defensive masterclass in that second half. I, I, I felt like I was transported back to the to the new camp in 2010 <laughs> when uh, Inter beat, um, Inter made it through that semi-final of the Champions League because it, it felt like that at times where they were, we were just getting pounded. But our structure stood up and they didn't really have any chance any chances from um, to score unless they were you know a long range shot which you know went well well wide or or Rui Patricio was was able to to handle so um, defensive structure in that second half was really good and you're right the possession lion's share of possession went to Torino um, just to finish off with and something about Torino that I didn't quite understand from Juric is he started with Sanabria Zaza Bazelli and Piaka all on the bench mm. um, all. Players that are talented, in my view, and probably better than Belotti right now. Um, and I'm calling it here. He's, I, I reckon he's finished as a Torino player. Like he, he actually actually has to get out of Torino to reinvigorate his career elsewhere, or else he's just a complete spent force. I can't see him um, getting any better than he is um, playing for La Granata. So I think it's time for him to to make that move. Um, the only player that really stood out for me, and I think he's going to be a really good player, is a Croatian youngster named uh, Josip Brekalo. I don't know if you know him, but um, yeah, played really, really well, and I'm, I'm expecting some big things from him moving forward. Yeah, um, I'm gonna, yeah, go on. No, I was just gonna finish with Pellegrini. Unfortunately, he's gonna be out for probably about five to six weeks with a, a he tore a tore his soil in the second half, um, and yeah, just n- nothing else really apart from Mourinho in the presser after the game. Uh, touched on the collective. Um, how close the boys are, and you know, despite the the you know the murmurs from the Roman press, and we've spoken about that previously. The ambiente romano have a tendency that if we you know go one or two games without a win, they start jumping on us and um, starting all these rumors. Um, there was a rumor about Zaniola and Mourinho um, having an altercation, which he put to bed and said it wasn't true. He he's pleaded with the press to just lay off Zaniola, uh, let him uh, let him play, let him do his thing on the pitch, and, and just leave him alone. And uh, yeah, look at uh, the results. We've conceded no, uh, we've conceded zero goals in the last three outings, which is great. And uh, for the sixth time this season, uh, Roma Inter um, is, 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 sell, is sold out. The game will be sold out for the sixth time this season at home, which is fantastic. So um, full steam ahead. We're in touching distance of that fourth spot, and that's where we want to be. So um, considering uh, the frailties in our squad that, again, we've spoken about previously, I'm, I'm I need to be. I'm happy where we are. I mean, um, that's where we. That's probably where we uh, 
where we need to be. And uh, that's where I think this squad, um, uh, you know, ref- reflecting on the season so far, I think that's uh, where we deserve to be. Yeah, I was going to say before I go over to Anthem, regarding the Torino players that were missing, I actually think it's because the next three games for Torino are very, very winnable and Juric wants to get some serious points there. I think they come up against Empoli, Cagliari and Bologna in the next three fixtures. He'll really fancy getting some points there and it wouldn't be the first time a mid-table coach rests some of his bigger players and sacrifices an away trip to a bigger side. In regards to what you said about Roma and Jose, I think you're in exactly the right position you need to be. I think you've come out of a small slump at the right time of the season where the players are motivated and trust in the project. To be honest with you, man, if you guys were to finish in fourth position or third, all power to you, it would be a really, really good thing. And comments on this fixture, man, for Adam? Yeah, I've got a couple, Adam. Um, first one, I agree with... Um, first, I'll touch on Torino because against Milan, exactly the same. They had a lot of possession, right? Um, but they couldn't finish. They really probably should have beaten us. So I didn't see the game against Roma. So I think I agree up front. I don't know what's going on. But if they can convert with all the possession they have, I think they'll get a, a, a lot of uh, results. I've got a couple of points. I'll make one. What's um, what's changed with you guys um, in regards to not conceding in three games, considering you're conceding, you know, six and a few goals a couple of weeks ago in most games? And also, is Pellegrini... He's so frustrating because I really rate him as such a great player. Are his injuries going to be his Achilles heel? Do you think he's um, going to really struggle to, to to keep shining? Constant injuries now, it seems like, out of the Nazionale when we need him. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I'll start with Pellegrini. I think you're right, Anth. He's, um, he's quite injury prone. Um, I don't know if it's just his his physique and the you know the amount of... Um, he, he's played a lot through injury. So I think by playing through injury, um, I don't know if he, the, the, the rest of his body is compensating for, for what's, what else is going on. But he, you're right, he just seems to be um, one of those players that, that has a stretch of, of, uh, of, of continu- continu- continuity and then uh, he breaks down and he's out for you know um, a sustained period. So it's with him, unfortunately, it's never like a, uh, you know, a one to two game injury. It's always something longer. Um, so... I don't know. Look, I hope he can get his body right. Um, but you, yeah, going you can go as far back as um, as before the Euros. He was carrying injury prior yeah. to the Euro, and then um, had to pull out because of pull injury. Out, yeah. and, and he's had a couple already this season. So you hope he get his body right before he comes back. But he's going to miss a, a pretty important stretch of games because we've got um, we've got Inter, we've got uh, Atalanta, we've got uh, I think we've got Milan again um, before he comes yeah. back. So yeah. Um, yeah, but I oh, look on your second point. Um, uh, I think it was a, a necessity, really, because we had uh, all our fullbacks out at one stage. So he converted um, El Shirari. Who, who knew that El Shirari could could defend? Um, he's been playing as a, as a as a wing back in a in a three five two. Solo Mourinho, man, only Mourinho yeah. can make us all find something out like that. So he's um, it was a more out of um, necessity than, than anything else, Ant, and um, uh, just. I think we've just more solid in defence. We've got those. Ricky Karsdorp will run like Forrest Gump, and he'll run all day. Um, he's just up and down, up and down. And um, and with him, I mean, if you look at if you look at the structure of the team, uh, El Sharari is given more of a more of a license to get forward, and then Ricky Karsdorp will drop back in um, more on that on that right side than the left. But if um, if if Ricky gets all the way up the park, then El Sharari is there as a left back, which is. Yeah, <laughs> something you've never yeah, seen. Yeah, before. never. Yeah, we so, thought it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then you've got the in this game particularly, you had Diawara, um, and you had Nikitarian, 
uh, dropping back as well, which again, it's not really Mickey's natural natural game to get in behind the ball um, and win tackles. Um, but we had Pellegrini out with Cristante out, um, so yeah, it was a, it was really good to see. But uh, I think he's just got his structure right. But that's his his strength. I mean, we all know Mourinho teams in the past rock solid defensively. Um, it's just a matter of us being able to convert the chances we do get. We're a better team on the counter, so uh, you know against against the lower teams of the lower low end of the table. Unfortunately, they do that to us, and we're we're forced to attack. Um, but against against teams like Torino, who are willing to attack, um, it just worked worked well for us. In the first half, we could have had a couple more, but um, yeah, look, we'll settle on one nil, uh, zero goals conceded again, and you know we'll take the three points. Yeah, Amor, do you have any last comments about Roma for Adam before we move on? You're on mute, bruv. <laughs> sorry, I heard that dog barking. I thought it was mine, so I put myself on mute. But sorry, sorry it was mine. He set up. So what I, what I was going to say, I don't know if Adam touched it because the question was right. I think was changed in the last three games, zero goal conceded. Mourinho went back to his old classic 3-5-2. Simple and easy. And he mastered that stuff. Uh, I don't know if Madam you mentioned to say that because I got distracted for a second. He did, so I was yeah. going to add that. But one more thing, I see that Ibrahim it's fantastic. It remind me of Ozzy Man. What two great players we got to Serie A this year. Yeah, oh, no, look, I'm not it's young, Bello, it's young. He's, he's young, he's young. I know, but if you watch the Conference League game on, uh, during the week, he he scored two goals, but he probably missed about ten. Um, a couple of those chances were just simple chances. He reminds me, um, an interesting point. He, he reminds me a lot of Jekyll in that first year at Roma. Um, so, so hopefully next season he scores 30 goals, which is what Jekyll did What's... in his second season. But, um, yeah, look, the, the, you're right, uh, Armando, within that 3-5-2, especially when you've got Zaniola and Mkhitaryan hitting you on the break. Big, big difference, yeah, big difference. It, it's, yeah, it's terrifying for, it'll be terrifying for opposition. So, um, yeah, look, I, I personally believe you should stick with it, but now that you've got Vigna coming back, Calafiori coming back, um, Spinazzola will be back, uh, pretty soon, so... He might go back. Who knows? We'll see. He's still seven points behind us, mate. Just remember that. It's all right. (laughs) Sorry, what did you say, Anthony? I said there's still seven points behind us. Don't worry. We're only three behind you, mate. Only three behind you. The word behind (laughs) is still in the sentence. So that's what I mean. (laughs) Beautiful. Let's move on to a couple of the smaller fixtures before I go over to my boys. Uh, Marco Arnotovic. Maldonatovic, however you say his name, made sure of the points for Bologna, who are sitting in their rightful position in ninth. Um, a fairly comfortable performance from them. I managed to tune into 45 minutes, and Spezia just look void of all attacking um, flow whatsoever. I fully expect them to still be fighting tightly for relegation end of the season. Um, actually, a decent nil-nil draw for two very... For two struggling sides, I would say. Both sides really needed three points between Udinese and Genoa. So a stalemate um, in Fruili was not a really good result, and Andrei Shevchenko still looking for his first win in Genoa as they sit in the relegation zone. So he'll be looking to do something against Anthony said he won't be looking um, to do any favours, that's for sure. But it's not looking good. Uh, it is looking half decent for my fellas. However, they're playing some decent football. They're dominating majority of the match. We had a fantastic victory against Armando side Napoli to close the gate because um, close the gap because Although, you know, Napoli and Inter, in my opinion, are two very even sides this season. Four points is a lot different than 10, no matter what time of the season that it is looking in those double digits. So very good performances from everybody. Uh, Not only that, the behavior off the pitch is actually quite mature at the moment. The contracts are being signed for 
very decent wages. When you re-sign Brozovic for six and Barella for six, yeah, these aren't low figures, but can someone please point me in the direction of a club that's signing their best players and the best players in the league for anything less than these numbers? This is exactly what you need to do if you're going to carry on with the personnel and with the big players in your sides. Um, going away to Venezia, not an easy trip because the atmosphere is quite quite good, uh, quite energetic over there, but we, we did the business there like we needed to do it to close that gap. And I'm going to go over to Anthony because guess who's in form, bro? Guess who's in lots and lots of form? <laughs> to be honest, I'm sure he'll slip back out of form, but I need to take this opportunity, man. That's a classic number 10 goal. Literally zero millimeters of space to work with, but somehow finds the back of the net. And any comments for your boy Hakan? And to be honest, any comments about Inter in general lately? Uh, you've you, with Hakan, we played him into form. It looks like, which gives me even more of the shits. But um, you've got your three good games or four good games out of him now. Hopefully, he goes missing like he did <laughs> again. But he's he's looking strong. He's looking like um, he's in, actually enjoying it there. Um, and I think the whole Inter team's looking very very ominous now. Um, I, I didn't see. I saw part. I saw the second half. And you guys were, you know, in complete control. It's a great little stadium. Like you said, the atmosphere right yeah. on top of the players. Um, but I'm starting to really worry. I didn't think Inzaghi could get you guys going this quick. So credit to him that, um, you know, like you said, Anthony, he's got a, you know, a pretty mature group now. Um, and Inter's had those issues in the past where some players, you know, ha behave in a certain way. And it looks like he's got them, you know, as a group playing. I think Perisic is looking so, so strong yeah. this year, man. Um the way he's playing. Um, he's a good player, but it looks like he's just really, really made that spot his own. Um, and Jekyll just con continues to surprise me. Um, I don't know if he can keep it up the whole season, but the other thing is you've got Latoro now starting to, to hit form, I think, for you guys. So wouldn't surprise me if in a couple of weeks, you, you know, you're equal with, um, you know, Napoli on top. Um, I don't know what your next couple of games running is like, um, but I'd love it if it's up another... Spets here on Thursday, Roma on Sunday. So it's not easy, but, you know, two winnable games, I think. Yeah, look, hopefully Roma can slow you down a bit because yeah. at the moment you're looking extremely strong. You've qualified in the Champions League as well. So things are looking bright for you, my mate. It's looking good for Simone and Zaghi. You've got to give him full credit. And as you touched on, it's looking like a good team. And I think this time in 2021, it's very important to just focus on how important it is to build a winning team. You know, you sell Lukaku for $115 million and bring Dzeko in for free. It's easy to expect the criticism. I know it's only 14 match days, but, you know, one of them's starting on the bench because his team can score four goals with a false nine. That's embarrassing. And Lukaku is probably really regretting that decision. Ed and Dzeko, on the other hand, as good as he is, I'm sure Adam will resonate with this. That guy can really stink it up for 60 minutes and then go from stinker to man of the match in literally two chances in 10 minutes, man. That's what happened in the Champions League. He was the worst player in the pitch for the first half against Shakhtar. He turned the ball over. He missed a, uh, he missed a sitter. He missed a header. He missed a tap-in. And then in the blink of an eye, it was Dzeko too. Yeah, he never goes away. He's one of those players that, um, yeah, like you said, he'll go missing. And his body language too um, gives opposition a false sense of security, I think, at times because he he, he looks like he's um, he's throwing tantrums and then he'll just pop up for a goal. So, um, yeah, look, a, a great acquisition for you guys. At a time when, you, you know, when, when you're on the rise and, and needed someone like that, he fits in perfectly in that type of, type of, type of, um, type of setup. So, um, yeah, as we've... As I've said previously, Anth, um, you're still my tip for, for the Scudetto. Because, you know, look, looking at the, the Venezia game too, he, you just did what you had to do. You went there, 
scored a couple of goals, got the three points, and, and got the hell out of there. So, um, and that's what champions te- champion teams do. Um, no, no finesse, just um, in and out. As Amor keeps saying, like winning a title, winning the trophy, it, it's amazing. It's the most important thing. At the moment, I'd call it the second most important thing. Continuity at the moment and making sure you're not suffering at the jaws of the economic shithouse that is football at the moment, which we'll touch on more. And I'm 99.99% sure this Inter team is finishing in the top four and having a positive season with or without the Scudetto. And that's very important to be able to have in the club. Amor, I'm going to go out for your final word on Inter and then we're going to move on to a yeah, very, very interesting Inter, result. Uh, Inter fan needs to do like Napoli. We need to walk, look at the top four until March, April because I think Inter is going to go through the same worry that we're going to go through. The Spalletti factor in January, February and Inzaghi has the same issue. You look Lazio mm. the last five, six years, it started always strong and then... Yeah. So both of us are in the same shape, the same kind of worry boat. Both of us look very good, but both of us needs to concentrate even when the few losses will start coming. Because yeah. when you have games every three days, this, this abnormal stupidity that the Football Federation, Serie A, and all the league in Europe doing it. And that's why you end up having all those players injury. Inside, Chiesa is out. Pellegrini is out. Uh, lots of players are out. Because you cannot play every three days. Anyway, let, let's not start the rant. But can, can, I just, can I just say something yeah. on your point there, Amor? You know how you said, yeah, Nzagi, you know, in later in the year he'll sort of crumble a bit um maybe um uh spalletti as well but pioli's the same Mourinho at the moment's the same allegri forget it he's all over the place so there's no coach at the moment that can go and just dominate i think every club's got that problem where they're no, going to go what, I, what I was about to say i is, agree with you what i'm about to say the big factor would be the fact that we play every three days nobody lost five players in our weekend now, yeah, yeah. I've been saying from day one that we have a very good deep squad, but we cannot afford to lose another five or six on top of the yeah. other five. You know what I'm trying to say? And that goes for everyone. And then you got the international break. You know, it's 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 become ridiculous. You see players having muscles injury that should never have because they're athletes. But it's yeah. happening because the body's under stress continually. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And then traveling yeah. in the cold, back in the hot. It's... Yeah. That's why I say, guys, we should all should be backing up a team because they might happen that you get two losses back to back, like it's happened to Milan. And because it's happening in three days or seven days, you think it's a big crisis. No, because in the 90s, you will have seven days in between to recover. Yeah. And, you know, it will stretch over the months. So now you're losing three games. It's in one week, not over a month. Mm. Before you were losing yeah. three games, you had to wait for three weeks. You know what I'm trying to say? There's no international break there till March now, is there? Was there one? Yeah, I don't know, man. There's, there's, not, one, there's not one till next year. There's only African Cup in January and nothing well, else. Which probably year. there's rumors they're not gonna go ahead now because COVID, the new uh, thing. Yeah, who knows? Um, next game that we're gonna talk about uh, has some serious repercussions on and off the pitch for Juventus. Um, they lose nil to one Atalanta. They look lackluster. They're not attacking the goal. They have no goal scorer. I don't know why Allegri is starting Marotta, trying to play him like Romelu Lukaku. Marotta has never been good in that position as a sole big number nine. He can't hold the ball up. Um, it's just, it's not looking good. Full credit to Atalanta and Dulban Zapata, who in my opinion is the best forward in Serie A at the moment. Um, I don't even think it's a discussion, to be honest. Dulban Zapata is incredible. But I'm going to start from the bottom up this time. Armando, the problems on the pitch, it's only scratching the surface to what's actually going on behind the scenes. If anybody reads any of the papers, Agnelli can't really shut these ones up. All right. 
I'm going to be try to be the most polite person in the world because it's not fair. There is no Juventino on the panel, so there is no the other side, all right? But uh, before coming live, I shared with Anthony, an Italian YouTuber, which is a Juventino, which does stock market, bitcoins, and investment. And he showed up graph. It was very technical. I don't know, Anthony, if you end up watching it. So what happened right now is it, let's start breaking down first. Juventus, it's under investigation for pump up plus Valencia. And everybody keeps saying, yeah, but Milan did, Inter did, Napoli did, all that. Also, they are under investigation for fake invoice, fake fatture. That's, that's a crime. Plus, Napoli, Inter, Milan, they are not trained in the stock market. When you do this kind of fake invoice and your company in the stock market trade, it's, it's a legal crime. You go to jail because what happened is this. You, you, when you sell a product on the stock market, there is no way people can check what they're buying. They're buying, they're buying stock market uh, action, all right? So they have to believe the public book and the account, you know, the, the balance book and everything that the company puts out in order to invest money because I'm investing my money because you tell me that the book are green. If I find out that this book are not green, you've been faking it to sell it, it's going to be big, big trouble. It's nothing to do to a fake plus Valenza pumped it up, okay? So let's be clear on this. So it's not the same thing. Now, because of this, Juventus lost in the last 15 days almost 35, between 32 and 35% of the stock market value. As of yesterday, sorry, today is Monday. As of today, they are back at the same value where they were before they bought Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, the investor of uh, Juventus, the one that buy the stock, the big, the big, uh, what you call, uh, directors, you know, the one yeah. that got big share, the big share, they are the share. Uh, they are really upset. Four months ago, they had a big influx of fresh cash, and they said that's the last time. Now, in order for Juventus to go over, it's stock market is like money. Juventus had hundred million dollar in the market. Now they have $70 million. They lost, you know, I'm, I'm using number. That's a percentage. Mm -hmm. So they are really upset. And rumors are that what I mentioned at the start of the season that Agnelli was alone. Agnelli was his Disney. He's got a gun on his head and he's finished. The only way you went to, to survive all this is to get rid of all the cancer. When they got rid of the cancer, I'll tell you what, if I can't take control, I'm going to stop being... You, I'm not going to hit on Juventus anymore because it's Agnelli, my enemy. He's been a cheater. What he's been doing to Serie A, but not only to Serie A, the way he's been treating Serie A is the way he's been doing business in Italy. He's been destroying other business. He's destroyed Alfa Romeo. He destroyed Piaggio. He destroyed Ferrari. That's what he does. He grabbed it, destroyed, and sucked. And he tried to do the same with Serie A. Yeah. This time around, it could be very dangerous. Now, another thing. There is two more examples, Chievo Verona and Cesena. They got relegated and they title got taken apart because they were doing the same thing, fake plus Valencia. Now, if a fake plus Valencia, it's just because, you know, you want to value the player more and that's how you do it. It's not a crime. But if they find out that the fake plus Valencia was needed so... Your club can participate to the campionato, otherwise you will not be able to register. It's a crime. Your title gets stripped away, broken, and you start from third division. 
Is that going to happen to Juventus? I hope not. I don't want the fan to suffer. I just want these three people head, chop it and hang it outside the stadium. Because he's been yeah. a cancer. Daniel has been a cancer, all his family, for the Serie A, even for Juventus. Look what happened. Calciopoli, ah, was Moji doing on his own. The doping, ah, was Agricola. No one, we don't know. Agricola was doing on his own. The kid Suarez, ah, but was was not us, was the guy that wanna bring you over. Now, ah, it's Paratis, he's not Juventus. Now, you you really think a, a president like Agnelli, all this stuff happening, and he keeps saying he doesn't know nothing about? Yeah. Two things, two things, two things, all right? If I want to be like Juventini, say, no, it's all fake, they're attacking us, and then, sorry, I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll finish, I'll let you ask a question. If Juventini push into the fact that, ah, it's nothing, everybody do it, you guys always speak on Juventus, I want to agree with you, but then makes my point even stronger, that Agnelli lost his power, Agnelli lost friends, and he's getting attacked. Now, they could not get punished for the Super League simply because the Super League does not exist. So, the European uh, courts say you cannot punish them because they've done nothing. That's why UEFA stopped the case. But look around. La Liga Española introduced so many restrictions that Barcelona and Real Madrid can't even go buy milk for their players. Yeah. Barcelona can't even buy tickets for their family, for the wife of the player to watch the game. They broke. All right? They've been attacking financially. Real Madrid cannot finish their stadium. They run out of funds. They need more loan to finish the stadium. And look at Juventus getting attacked on the tax and on the financial side. Now, who was Agnelli best mate at Cumbare up to six months ago that knows all Agnelli tricks? Who was Agnelli best friend? Not Perez, the Madrid yeah. uh, owner. The president of UEFA. They were best mm. friends. Okay. Who was godfather yeah. to the daughter. He mm, knows everything. Are you talking about Cherafin or whatever he's Yes, Cherafin yeah, okay. all the dark side that Agnelli did. Do you really think this thing started in May 2021 out of nowhere, can't you see the pattern of Juventus not having no one to do market with, no one give them any players? They had to beg Sassuolo to get yeah. the Locatelli, Locatelli, the new, the new Xavi. You know, I paid in 20,000 here. Daniele is finished. People will tell oh, Armando, you said that in September, yes. And I'm telling you again, this kind of stuff doesn't <laughs> happen overnight, it will build up. But the guy is finished, and I can't wait for the day to celebrate. 100%. And look, to be honest, I just find it funny when they still throw shade on, you know, Inter last season for not paying for Lukaku and Hakimi in full, the full amount before we sold them off for a little bit of profit. Where if you look into it, they owe over 92.5 million euros on four of their players. Moseken, uh, Marotta, uh, sorry, um, Morata, Locatelli and Chiesa. If they're not careful, they're not, yeah, not going to redeem two. They're going to have to sell all three or four of them, man. It's a huge difference between overselling, overpaying a player and fake invoice, faking mm. fatture, because that means, I'll tell you what happened. You have to close your budget, all right? When you go there, you said, ah, I, I made this year 100 million and I lost 80 million, so I got 20 million plus. But if those 100 million, 30, 40 million are fake, you didn't really actually do anything, you are in red. Therefore, you're not able to be on the stock market at the level that you are and you should not be allowed to register to play any competition because in order to play Serie A, Champions League, you have to show the green books, you know, the fair play, the FFP, whatever you want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the fair tricky bit. If they find that this kind of shiftiness was to register to a competition, they finish. If they yeah. find out that the fake invoice are real, Agnelli 
Liga is finished. Nothing to do with Serie A. Thank God this is not in the end of the Lega because the Lega is the most corrupted. This is the end of Finanza, guys. Finanza in Italy, oh, forget about When you get Finanza, it's like taxation office in Australia. Mm. When they start looking to your book, you better start shaking because they're going to find wherever they want to find. Yeah. We'll go over to Adam and Anne for one quick comment each. Adam, uh, over to you first, mate. I was just going to ask a quick question. Thanks for explaining that, um, Armando, because uh, when you read that sort of stuff, a lot of it gets lost. So uh, thanks for explaining it so um, um, so openly. Um, just a quick question about implications for other clubs. It's, a, it's something that uh, a few of friends have been talking about. So if, if Juventus, let's say, down the track were uh, found guilty of this, how does it implicate other clubs who are involved in those transactions? All right, I tell you something. Napoli's been called, okay? Because Napoli bought Aussie man, and we paid him uh, 35, 40 million plus four under 21 players. All right, Napoli didn't gain any favor. The Lille, the Needs, whatever is the team that did it, registered those players for that num that much of price. So they gain at the vents of buying Aussie man. So what I'm trying to say, if I buy something for you and I'll pay you. And I walk away, and then you don't pay the tax or you don't declare the right amount that I paid you. I got nothing to do. I got nothing to worry about. It's you the one that is shifty things. Understand? Mm, That's yeah. all there is. Doing yeah. a fake invoice means you create an invoice, send it to no one. Yeah. F, did you have any comments on Juve or Atalanta before we move on, mate? No, nothing on Juve. I'll move on from them. Just a quick one on Atalanta. And I agree with your point about Zapata, um, best striker in the league for me as well. I remember yeah, a few right. years ago when he played for Sampdoria, he destroyed Milan at uh, at in Genoa. Um, mm. So he, he's a beast. But um, <clears throat> my comment was to everyone, really. We all re uh, had ridden off Atalanta a few weeks ago. Um, and, and I think we might have got that wrong because it looks like they're slowly uh, but surely got back into the spots that they want to be. Um, what are your thoughts, uh, Anthony, whoever else, on Atalanta now? Because I think they're a force to be reckoned with again. I think they're always yeah. going to stick around, man. Their starting 11 is as good as any starting 11 in the league. And they've been playing the last three or four games with a half-fit or almost unfit Gossens as well. You know, they haven't had all their players at 100% fitness. And everybody just seems to be able to step it up. Um, I, I really, really like the way that they play. And I just think that Gasperini has had the team oiled so well for so long. It's going to take them to either have an off day or come up against a bogey side that doesn't fit their tactical forefront in order for them to screw up because otherwise Atalanta is the perfect example of a business as usual routine side that's going to beat 75 to 80 percent of the teams in the league um Adam we'll go to you next and then Armando to finish off yeah just uh, I, I did analyze this game actually and uh, I was intrigued at how um uh how Allegri would handle the, the three four two one of of uh of Gasperini and he went for a 4-3-3 on paper, but it really looked like a 4-4-2 with Borata and Dybala up front. But really, it was just Chiesa getting up high and Rabiot sitting um, in possession. But um, I was actually surprised with Atalanta's tactics. I don't know if you guys got, uh, saw this, but gone was that free-flowing style that we're used to. Instead, we saw them cautious in, in possession, preferring to adopt a, a slow build-up play. Um, but... Yeah, on the flip side of that, they're really aggressive in their press still. Um, and they brought Juve unstuck on, on a few occasions. And the main one was, of course, um, the interception uh, of Juve's pattern playing out of the back. And eventually that ball fell to Zapata, who scored the goal. Um, but yeah, I was just interested in, in seeing Atalanta in position going forward. They, you know, it's not, not um, often that we see them knocking it around the back. 
uh, between their centre backs, but they did that a lot in this game. So it probably caught Alivi by surprise a little bit because they weren't gung ho and getting forward. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're really starting to hit their stride as they did last season. They started a little bit slower last season, and they you know you couldn't beat them by the second half of the season. So um, at this rate. I think they'll definitely be top four. Whether they challenge for honours is another is another question. But, um, mate, they're just so good to watch. They are good to watch, man. Armo, do you have any closing comments on Atalanta? Yeah, just uh, on Atalanta. First of all, Zapata is a great player. I like him. Since yeah. he was a novel, he showed me that he was great. Um, but we have to sell him because he didn't want to be a bench for Higuain back then. And, yeah, you got Higuain uh, scoring 36, 33, 35. And the guy was nice. He said, listen, I've been here. You send me alone everywhere. I want to play. And I like the... Napoli does normally let them go when they want to go. It's a good thing to do, especially when they're young. And I'm happy that he's doing great. Uh, but uh, Atalanta, I think, is going to be like I mentioned before. It has to worry about to be close to the first top four for the Champions League. Wherever we've been, the gap between three to five points in March, April, to me, would be start being a list of contender. Anyone that will be seven, 10, 15 points will be out March, April. So at this stage, yes, we did really run them off. I'm not still pull them back. I still think that uh, Napoli, Milan, and Inter got something more. Uh, and uh, I'm always suspect about Roma because Mourinho is one of those guys that when he gets the right formation, the right things, it, it will not be surprised if he can strike ten victory on the road. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Don't, don't yeah. write off Roma yet. Even you said uh, two winnable games. I'll yeah. be worried about to face Roma, to be honest. Definitely. Definitely. This has been a fantastic addition. try to jinx you because they want Roma to win. Yeah, of course. The anti-jinx <laughs> never fails, man. I'm a professional at it. Um, it's been a fantastic episode of the Serie A uh, Roundtable. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. And let us know if you are new in the comments as well. Just to wrap up match day 14, the surprise of the round goes to Empoli. Oh, my goodness. If I was a Fiorentina fan, I would have had the shits with this one. This is like this was a classic Inter game in the banter era where you score an early goal and then you just think that no matter what happens, you're going to go out with a win. Fiorentina with so many chances to kill the game. Vlahovic opened up the scoring. But basically in the 85th minute, Bandinelli pulls a goal um, to the empty net out of absolutely nothing. And then less than two minutes later, Pinamonti grabs the three points for Empoli. They're up to 11th position on the ladder now. You know, we've all seen these sides come up. There's always one out of the three that comes out of the gate, guns blazing. The most recent of memory, people in Zaghi's Benevento, and it still ended up with them going uh, down. So I'm not ready to say that Empoli are playing football to the point that they're going to stay up. But at the moment, it's hard not to look at them and be a little bit impressed. Uh, Sampdoria, who went into Retiro, are now two games on the bounce after a 3-1 win against Verona. Verona opened the scoring after the de uh, deflection. But it's all about the boy on the right. It's all about my G right here, Antonio Candyman, Fantonio Candreva. What a season he's having, man. <laughs> I swear to God, his market value must be more now than it was at Inter. And, you know, I, I wouldn't even criticize anyone for saying something stupid along the lines of call him up to the national team. I swear to God, this guy's consistency is incredible. His crossing ratio, once again, is very high. He's, uh, his cutting in play and ability to link up with Caputo has been very, very good. And I just think he's in great form and it's really, really good to see. Other than that, the depressing fixture of the round goes to Cagliari again, who could not buy a win if they tried. They're still looking for the first win since October. I'm going to give Anthony the last say of the match day. Salernitana will walk away um, with a Bonazzoli goal, feeling like it was a win. But my God, you got to feel for Gio Pedro and now Cagliari to an extent. It's a shocker in Sardinia, Anth. It is. I watched this game. It, was, it wasn't a very good game to watch, Anth. But um, Gio Pedro works his bloody ass off for that he team. Does. I noticed how much he runs um, up and back. He's trying to create everything 
Um, he's obviously, you know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, maybe thinking of another contract, but you can't see see it on the pitch because he's he's busting everything he can to keep that club in Serie A. The goal they conceded, I don't know if you guys saw it. If you were Matsadi and you you would grab Nandes by the throat and yeah. you would throw him because the way he just let that uh, it was a Bonatoli, wasn't it? Come in the back yeah. post or and scored and he just let him go um, in the last minute too. So kicking yourself, but I can't see either of these teams surviving if they keep playing like this. It's going to be very, very tough, man. The uh, ladder stands with Napoli at the top um, with a three-point cushion over Milan, I believe. Inter on 31 points as well. Hold on, hold on, hold on. This deserves a picture. No worries, man. Take your time. (laughs) 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 Atalanta in fourth. Roma sneaking up. Fiorentina, Juventus in seventh. Uh, Juventus have the same points as Bologna. I'll just say one more time. Juventus have the same points as Bologna. Verona in tenth. Empoli, eleventh. Sassuolo, Torino, Udinese. Sampdoria creeping their way up. Venezia are doing just enough to make sure that they go into the back end of the season still with a chance. However, south from Venezia is where I, I really start to see the struggle this season. I think Shevchenko will get Genoa over the line, but I wouldn't be surprised if a gulf starts to form um, between that lower to mid table and relegation zone. Gentlemen, this was really, really fun. We're almost at an hour of a really good conversation. Adam, thank you so much for joining us from Melbourne, man. All the best. Thanks, guys, and uh, hopefully see you next week. Absolutely, man. And all the best again. Thanks for coming, bro. Thank you. Great to be back. Enjoyed the chat, boys. And always enjoyable to link up with my friend Zuamo. Thanks for joining us, Armand. Thanks, everyone. Anthony, just a quickly one. So the Juventini don't hit on me. They think I'm making up things. I shared with you a video of the Juventino that does the stock market. If you could share it on the comment, that would be appreciated. So I suggest all of you, Juventini, go have a look at this guy. He's a Juventino like you. Don't hit on me. Hit on your president. I'm happy to join your fight against your president, but don't take it against me. Peace and love to all of you. And el más grande. <laughs> Infinity. Forever. Beautiful. You got to love it. From all of us here at Football Worldwide, take care. Ciao ragazzi.